the podcast was inspired by a poem in a movie called The Gray. And the poem goes something like this. Once more into the fray, into the last good fight I'll ever know. Live and die on this day, live and die on this day. Welcome back to In the Fray. My name is Edgar, and today I have a special guest. Today we are going to be speaking with... This is Quincy Morris. Quincy Morris, and uh, Mr. Quincy Morris and I, we go back... uh, quite a while. Uh, we've uh, had the pleasure of uh, punching each other in the face multiple times. Um, so, right Mr. <laughs> Mr. Quincy Morris, so what is your origin story? What got you started in martial arts? Uh, I came out of football, actually. And um, back when I was young, I was just this Big, strong, fast guy, and um, I thought I was invincible, and literally, uh, just kind of like everybody else, I was inspired by, you know, movies, man, action movies, Mm -hmm. uh, kung fu flicks, and I remember uh, at the time, um, I had like a, I had like a 450 or 500 bench press. Ooh. I ran like a four five four four a four four or four five forty, and um, the movie Lethal Weapon Four came out, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they had the scene where Jet Li's like just taking his gun apart with one hand. And that end scene where it was like both of them, both Danny Glover and Mel Gibson's taking on this one guy and they absolutely can't do anything against him. (laughs) And I remember thinking to myself, you mean to tell me with all my strength and all my speed, I can do nothing against this guy because of what he knows and then i just remember like i gotta find out i gotta find out and so then uh i started to look to where i could study and so uh i ran into uh there was this guy that used to come to the gym that cross trained uh, with the football team and he was kind of a bodybuilder and he used to do uh, Wing Chun Kung Fu with this guy. Okay. And uh, I got to talking to him at the gym one day and then uh, he introduced me to a teacher of Jeet Kune Do. So Jeet Kune Do, uh, also known as JKD, right? Yes. And so for our viewers, our listeners who don't know what Jeet uh, Kune Do or JKD, that's uh, Bruce Lee's philosophy. Right. Martial arts. Right. Yeah. That was his system that he developed from Wing Chun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but also, uh, you know, 
influenced by some other dis by some other disciplines, but um, the core discipline that he studied in the beginning and then and then developed JKD was from the Wing Chun. I see. So, how old were you around this time? Like 19, 20. Hmm. That's right. You said that. Yep. Man. So, so you're 19, 20 years old, um, freshly out of football, this um, athletic, athletic freak of a man. Yeah. Invincible. Right. And um, so you start talking to this guy that is cross training. Um, so what was, um, obviously you said you watched Lethal Weapon 4 and, uh, what was your first time going into practice? What was going through your head when you went to the first training session? Like, what were you thinking? Like, like, I'm going to learn the secret to break somebody's back. No problem. Or like, you know, or what is this guy going to teach me that I don't already know kind of thing? Well, at first, like before, before I went into training, the head instructor at this academy, he had showed me a demonstration. And uh, in this demonstration he did, he just took my friend apart. The, mm -hmm. My friend that came to the gym, the bodybuilder, he, like, he just took him apart, man. And so uh, when I saw it, I immediately stripped my thought process of trying to I wasn't going to go in and try to prove what I already was mm -hmm. and so I just I I let my mindset just be a clean slate mm -hmm. and I went in just from ground zero basically I see uh that's interesting. I didn't have any expectations except to learn something that I didn't know. Wow, that's good. That's that's a that's the best mentality to have and to go into martial arts, especially being a young man, like you said. Um, but that's interesting because um, how many young men do you know that come over to martial arts and they they think that they already know how to fight? They think they already know what you're going to teach them. They're just there to kind of prove you that they're better. <laughs> uh, a lot, <laughs> a lot, almost anybody that comes in uh, that has a background before, you know, it's like, uh, this, this can be a game. This can be a game of ego sometimes. So it's like, mm -hmm. It's hard for people to strip their own personal egos to learn something new, you know, but you can't learn if you don't do that. Right. And especially like it's hard to leave past accomplishments behind. Yes. Because at the end of the day, we all want to be respected. We all want to be recognized and respected. Mm hmm. And so when you have a martial artist that comes into a gym, especially, and he's got accomplishment, mm -hmm. he's got rank, or he's got a title, then it can be difficult, you know, because uh, 
nobody wants to start at zero. Right. But, you know, the tricky thing is in all of our lives, no matter what we do, what path we take, in order to grow, we all got to go back to zero. Right. You know, you don't you don't necessarily go to zero, but you got to clean your mind in order to go from where you are to a higher plane, so to speak. Correct. So, yeah, it's difficult. Most of the time, most guys that come in, that has to be broken down first. <laughs> so how would but you see, break when it I down? I first started, I didn't have that. I, I did have physical accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And I there was I had a level of fitness and physical ability, but I didn't have I wasn't trained any skill level yet, so right. to speak. Okay, so uh, you know you've you've already had you know a, a long career at martial arts and you've uh, competed and you've coached. So as a coach, how do you strip that out of somebody that's coming in to try to you know they just come in to try to prove that. They know what they're doing. Like you said, they bring their past accomplishments onto the present skill level. And so how do, how do you, as a coach, how do you work around that ego? You know, um, it's difficult. It's difficult a lot of times and it's hard is it a, to have, it, sorry is it a case by case or do you have certain um like certain drills or certain things that you do with everybody in general well i'm philosophical so i'm always like i'm always talking to people right I'm always talking, and so I'm always talking, trying to get people to listen. Uh, you know, maybe that that comes along with having that ministry, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm always preaching, man. Right. So uh, I just try to get, uh, especially young guys, to understand that. We are, we're all in a spot for a reason. And we all came from somewhere. And so, uh, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't need my help, why are you here? Right. No, not disrespect, not disrespecting where somebody came from, uh, but trying to get somebody to understand that the reason why they're, in my presence today is because we're looking at tomorrow more than yesterday. Correct. So sometimes that works. Sometimes you can get somebody to understand that. And then, and then sometimes, you know, like you got to show them. (laughs) I don't, uh, I don't think about, uh, so much now in my older age, in leadership as in my younger age as think about breaking somebody <laughs> you know it's like i gotta show them by breaking what they know right uh but then sometimes you do have to show somebody where 
the knowledge that they have, where it began and where it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then where what you're trying to show them will take them farther than where they are right now. Like sometimes you have to just let somebody kind of run into the dead end, so to speak, mm-hmm. with their with their accomplishment, their knowledge, their skill, their achievement. You have to let them take that and run into the dead end so that they'll recognize that they actually got to dig deeper. They need more training, more education, more knowledge for tomorrow. Does that make sense? It does. It does. It does make sense. Um, So let's kind of go back a little bit. You've competed. You've done, uh, you've stepped inside the ring many times. Yes. How long did you train before you had your first fight? And do you think that was that was long enough training for your first fight? Was it adequate enough training for your first fight? Um, or did you feel that you could have trained more? Because uh, I asked that because uh, I know myself as a coach, I get a lot of young men and women that they want to compete next weekend with zero skill. They just want to compete right away. And it's like, hold your horses, you know, let's, let's see first how you train, you know, like learn something to keep yourself safe. Right. No, man, that first fight, I trained five days a week. Monday through Friday, with Saturday and Sundays off, I trained pretty much anywhere from six to eight hours a day, believe it or not, Mm. doing different things throughout the day, all day, Mm -hmm. like a full-time job Mm -hmm. for a year before that first fight. So you look like Monday through Friday, that's 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then going home at the end of the night, uh, just like getting off the job, man. Right. Taking off on the weekend, starting it all over again on Monday. I did that for a year before that first fight. Uh, and then that first fight, I still didn't feel like that was that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just because it takes so much to get you know in that first fight i i was just like a super athlete by then and i still feel like i was running out of breath i still felt like uh i was like losing stamina and i still feel like i was like going weak and it's just because of the mental mm. okay. all the physical is there but it takes a long time to train the mental to where a fighter or a competitor can stay calm and think about what he or she knows that they can do and what they got to do in the moment. Mm-hmm. So all of the physical attributes will come to play behind the mental. Right. And so even though, even though, I trained nearly to death 
physically before the first fight, it actually takes a few fights just to, it, uh, it takes a lot of situations to get the mental. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so how, so how, how, how did you uh, train your mental differently after your first fight? man that's that was difficult because it took a few fights for me to get my mental under me mm-hmm. to where i could be uh poised you mm-hmm. know what i mean yes where i could go in there and stay calm and be poised and be uh, strategic and be technical you know where it's like I'm standing as a skilled person. That took a little bit. Right. Um, so let me rewind back a little bit. So going into your first fight, was the mental aspect ever uh, spoken about? Was it something that was common? Uh, common conversations leading up to the fight? Or was it just all about you got to do so many reps on this bag. You got to put in so many sparring sessions before your first fight. Um, you know, or was that, like I said, or was that actually a part of the conversation, part of the game plan leading up to your first fight? Well, yeah, I mean, we talked about it. We talked about things as far as martial arts principle, martial arts philosophy, mm-hmm. fight principle, fight philosophy. We talked about things as like mistakes that people make, what makes a champion, uh, what separates the greats from the good, what separates the greats from the best. We talked about all those things and they were in my head. We talked about the philosophy, the the principles behind certain techniques mm-hmm. and behind certain um certain uh techniques mm-hmm. but when i got in that first fight it didn't set in my mind to be like uh how i was supposed to mentally be prepared to conduct myself we talked fight strategy but all i could think about was the win or the loss i see and i remember i remember thinking like they was wrapping my hands they were wrapping my hands and they were talking to me about like you know what to look out for what they thought he might try to do to me but i'd never done it before so i remember thinking when they were wrapping my hands i was thinking I'm going to treat this like a backyard school fight, man, if it goes <laughs> sideways. And if I if I start losing control of this, I'm going to treat him like he called my mom a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to I'm going to go through him, man. <laughs> and I think like when that when the bell first rang in that first round, it was like I tried to uh, demonstrate a little bit of poise and just try to get myself together. And then there was a moment and I was like, let's go. And then, you know, it was like, 
just that first fight amateur chaos. Right. <laughs> the tornado's going through. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Here comes the storm. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that's how it was. Okay. So um you said it took you a couple fights to get your mental game, you know, recognize your mental game and recognize your mental ability uh so that it can help your physical abilities. Uh, like how many fights was it? Uh, about that fourth or fifth fight started really setting in, just to be and, honest, because it was like, you know, uh, the situation's different. Yeah. And it's like, lots of sparring, man, lots of sparring. And inside the gym or inside the academy, I really started getting my mental together and thinking about things. But every time, uh, it would come to, it was showtime. You know, every time right. it was time for the actual show, then I would experience the same nervousness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The same anxiousness, the same anxieties. And so it took a while to get those things under control in my emotions so that my mental was taken, my mental was taken over more than my, carnal emotions was so to speak right or yeah. my natural emotion so do you think it took about those four fights or so was it because now you're getting more familiar with what's happening during the day of the fight leading up to the fight you know like uh the couple hours before you actually step inside the ring like you actually now have an idea of what's going on in the whole chaotic uh environment that is a, a fight event you know, like absolutely, you already... like uh, you know, we can't, we can't, um, you know, discard how important of a teacher experience is. Mm-hmm. And so you you're talking about uh, just getting the experience that it takes to be comfortable with what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that at the end of the day, at the end of the day. When you talk about being a martial artist or being a fighter or any type of performer, you're training to be comfortable in situations where the average person is not. That's what it's all about. It's all about the mindset and the emotions are comfortable under highly, highly tense situations and highly, highly stressful situations to the point to where a game plan can be formulated and the probability of success and victory is more high than the average person. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, um, you know, in jujitsu, we have a saying, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, right? That's that's a saying right. from the great Hicks and Gracie. And uh, uh, it's funny because I actually was just having these conversations with a couple of other individuals that I know that, that train and whatnot. And um, it, so in jujitsu, that has become a very popular saying, you know, like you got to be uh, comfortable being uncomfortable. But 
the amount of people that complain about training is so much greater. Like they will spew that saying, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable, but they're usually some of the first people that complain about how hard training is or how, you know, like they, they weren't able to do what they wanted to do in training because uh, everybody had their number or they, they couldn't train right because their girlfriend, you know, blew them off and just told them to like, don't talk to me again or uh, whatever's happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, uh, and, and so what I'm getting at with is just that, like, people don't realize that you have to live by that. You, if you say it, you've right. got to live it. you can't just say it and then not really <laughs> live up to that. Right. Not, not really adapt that principle to yeah. your life. Yeah, exactly. Or, or adapt. You're saying it, but you're not really adapting the principle to your training. Correct. Correct. You're still, you're training for the uncomfortable, but you're really still looking for the comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you can, like, you kind of said that too, like, you can take that into your everyday life. Like, I don't know how right. many people I know that complain about it's not fair that I didn't do this or I didn't get that and whatever. And it's like, man, like you've got good stuff going on for you. Like adapt it. Like you said, like you got to adapt, adapt that principle and make it the best day possible. Yes. You know, make, make it, make the best out of the situation that you're in. Uh, there's, um, you know, there's something to be said about assessing a situation and then accepting accepting what's going on and then making your best possible adjustment. Mm -hmm. Because the na the nature of the nature of martial arts in itself is self preservation. You know, it's about doing what you have to do in a situation or what you can do uh, to survive. But a lot of times you have to accept what's going on. You can't, you can't reject, you can't reject a situation uh, and then, and then adapt. You have to first, recognize what's going on and accept what's going on and then a, and a lot of times in an uncomfortable situation you can't reject it as uncomfortable you got to accept the uncomfortable and then do what's necessary to survive it yep. does that make sense it does it you makes know, sense to me <laughs> a lot of people in their lives because of because of the way that they wish or they hope that things would be or how they wish or they hope that things would turn out, they're actually in denial of how they are. Yes. And if you're in denial of how something is, then you're going to be missing the truth of that situation. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, then you're going to be behind the ball of uh making 
the right move in that situation. So it's like, it doesn't do you any good to reject the uncomfortable. So I'm saying it's like, you know, uh, it's like being in a, I'll use, you know, if you're in a boxing match and uh, a person that has uh, a really, let's say, uh, you know, a guy that's a really good brawler mm-hmm. and uh, he's getting beat by a guy that's a really good counter puncher or he's an elusive fighter with a really good jab. Um, and you can look after a few rounds, you can see that this guy that's outboxing you is not getting sucked into your game. He's not, you're going to have to make some adjustments. Yes. There's going to have to be some adjustments made. You can't just keep following the guy around the ring, so to speak, falling into his timing falling into his rhythm because you're stuck in your head uh, trying to initiate what you're good at. you got to accept the situation mm-hmm. so that you can make the proper adjustments so you can break that guy's game down so you can find success at the end of the bout. Does that make sense? It does. It does. But like you said, the hard part is actually being able to accept accept that accept the fact that in this like in using the example that you use it accept the fact that your brawling skills are not good enough to engage the other person so you have to make peace with that not working at this time yeah you have to make peace with that and accept it like yeah at this time my skills that i'm really good at are not good enough so what else can i do to bring this person back into the realm where my skills will shine. Yes. You know, and sometimes that might be something like quit trying to push forward so hard. Maybe you just need to just stop, stop moving forward and let the person come to you. Yeah. Yeah. You need to switch up the timing a little bit. You're going to have to watch. You're going to have to be a little more patient. You're going to have to, uh, change things up quite a bit yeah. in order to you're going to have to let yourself uh, play more of a, a chess match in order to break this guy down at what he's good at mm-hmm. and get him into an area where you're good Yeah. so then you can start uh, taking dominion so to speak Yes. Oh, yes. it's kind of like uh I'll refer, if I can use the movie reference, it's kind of like the movie Creed 2. Yes. After after the first fight uh, with this Russian competitor, and he's talking, um, um, Adonis is talking. Sorry about the case. You still here? Yeah, I'm good. He says, uh, your natural style just won't work against a guy that big and that strong. And then Adonis says to Rocky, he says, and yours was better? 
And then Rocky <laughs> says, well, I did win. <laughs> and so then Rocky uh, starts breaking Adonis down to train him, to him, reprogram him and what he's going to have to do uh, to beat Drago's son. Right. So there's a process, there's a mental process in there in accepting the uncomfortable and then doing what's necessary to be comfortable in the midst of the uncomfortable. Well, like you said, man, it's it's not being afraid of always having to restart back at zero so that you can be better in the long run. Right. Absolutely. And and uh you know, as a fighter, um myself and yourself as a fighter too and competitors uh you know we always kind of hear it where if it doesn't scare you it doesn't really challenge you, you right know? and it and it doesn't mean like you're afraid of the person in front of you sometimes it just means that you might be afraid of the moment that's in front of you or even just of yourself sometimes we are more afraid for us to achieve a level of success that sometimes we say we don't deserve that success. Um, that's true, but I think that that, you know, has to do a lot with um, surrounding yourself with the right circle. Yes, that's true. That's very true. But that's what, so it goes back to, uh, <clears throat> but uh, but uh, you know, like you said, it 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 is being surrounded by the your circle, the people that are around you. And then again, it goes back to: Are you willing to cut those people off? You know, like that's an uncomfortable right. situation. That's an uncomfortable uh, conversation that you may have with somebody, and that somebody may be your own mom or your own brother or sister or you know, like you gotta. Got to get away from my ear. Right. Yeah. Whoever it is that's feeding the negative, you know, uh, or like you said, the undeserving, the, the undeserving type mentality. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't deserve this level. I don't, you know, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the deserve the, the the deserving is in the merit, so to speak, because you know the next level's not given away. You gotta earn it. You always have to earn it. You're gonna you're gonna work for it. You know you're gonna you're gonna make the changes, the adjustments, and you're gonna work for it. So it's like you know the deserving part's gonna be in the fact that you earned it. Yes. Yes. You know, like, you know, as when you compete, when you fight, you're going to have a, a 50-50 chance of winning and a 50-50 chance of losing. Right. And a lot of the times I see fighters, competitors that if they don't make peace with that realization, that if they do end up losing, the whole world collapses. Instead of, okay, I lost, but why did I lose? You know, like, was it because my skill level? Was it because I just was not in the right mindset? 
was it because I got too comfortable in the fight that I wasn't taking advantage of the situations that were presented? You know, was it because I took pity on my opponent and they used that against me? Right. Uh, well, there's always something to be learned and uh, there's always something knowledge to be gained in the loss. But when you talk about, when you talk about competition, you know, just the nature of competition in itself, there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser mm-hmm. of the competition. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, the competition doesn't necessarily mean that you're not a good fighter. Correct. The competition does not mean that you're not a good martial artist, but the nature of competition in itself means that somebody wins and somebody loses an event. Mm-hmm. But in either case, showing up and being present for your event uh, and being 100% ready, 100% yourself, being the best that you can be, or even, you know, because a lot of times there's all kinds of situations out there, mm-hmm. but trying to do the best that you can in any situation. That's what being a fighter is all about. That's what being a martial artist is all about. Mm -hmm. And in any, in any given fight, you can win or lose it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But recognizing that and, and accepting that, like you just said, like, will give you peace. And anytime that there's anytime that there's peace in the situation, you're going to have more control of your mental and your emotional. Yes. I kind of look at it like this. Of all the places in the United States that's got a high school football team where all these guys will come out of high school that play football a handful of those players will also play at college. Mm-hmm. And then of all those college teams that's in the United States, some of them will win their conferences. Some of them will go on to the playoffs. Some of them will win the nationals. And then a handful of those guys will get taken out and they'll go pro. Mm-hmm. And then if you think of all the NFL teams in the United States, some of those teams will win. Some of them will lose. Some of them will win their conferences. Some of them will go to playoffs. Some of them will win their uh, conferences. I think maybe I said that, but some of them, two of those teams out of all those teams will go to the Super Bowl. And then one of those teams will win and one of those teams will lose. Mm -hmm. Okay. Taking all of that into consideration, do people stop playing football because they're not going to be the Super Bowl champion? 
Correct. No, they don't. <laughs> no. If anything, they play more. <laughs> they still play. I mean, you know, do you do you not accept a pro contract? You accept a pro contract even if you're gonna be on the bench. Yep. And you know what? You'll still call yourself a professional player. It doesn't, it doesn't take, it doesn't take a Super Bowl champion. It doesn't let, it, let me say it like this. It doesn't take a Super Bowl ring to be a football player. And so as a martial artist, a lot of times you gotta understand that you're gaining a skill set. And you're gaining an education that's not, it's not defined by what happens in the competitions. Like you don't want your circle of achievement or certification or acceptance or acclamation to be in that small of a circle. Does that make sense? Yes. Although I'm not saying that what happens in a competition is not important. I'm just saying that's only one part of what is making you who and what you are as a martial artist. Correct. That's very true. All right. So let's fast forward a little bit. You okay. haven't trained. You. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said, okay, let's fast oh. forward. <laughs> okay. So now that you've trained, you know, uh, a long time in the stand-up, martial arts and you've also had the opportunity to train with the grappling uh martial arts what was surprisingly hard and what was surprisingly easy when you transitioned over to the grappling martial arts um I would say that a lot of times all depend all depending on all depending on what stand up art a person does cuz I'm not going to say this across the board but uh you know I would say the hardest thing for me going to the ground your level of what we call sensitivity mm -hmm. and contact sensitivity uh, has to grow 10 times, you know, because mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of what goes on um, on the ground is sensitivity and awareness. And then making the right adjustments, being able to put yourself in the right positions to, uh, how do I say, to take full advantage of being able to use leverage and opportunity uh, based on having that sensitivity, man, mm -hmm. and, and being able to feel and be aware of what your opponent is trying to do and what trying to what position they're trying to get you in trying to look ahead to see 
what type of end result they're trying to accomplish and then stop it and then put yourself in the right position to get an end result that you desire. Does that make sense? Yes. It's difficult. That takes time. Yes. That takes, takes a lot time. of time. So what was what was the easy part? Or what was surprisingly easy about it? Um well it's it's still a it's still like a fight at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know and so there's a lot of parts there's there's still a lot of parts that happen on the ground that happen in stand up too so uh when it came to like knowing when to be explosive uh you know when to exuberate my full strength when to hold back all those things they they just come with experience Mm-hmm. That's true. Very true. Um, so earlier you spoke about that you also do ministry. Yes. So how has that helped you in understanding your martial arts philosophy? And how has your martial arts philosophy helped you understand your ministry? Since obviously martial arts philosophy is very Eastern. Um, you know, religion, right? Like, right. And I yes. come from, uh, uh, especially you said that, you know, with JKD, uh, JKD, you know, with Bruce Lee and whatnot. Right. Uh, uh, Taoism, a lot of Buddhism. Yes. Uh, in, in mixed into that. So how, how, how has that helped you? As far as uh, being in ministry and in Christian faith, Yes. And uh, yes, in your in your ministry and how has your ministry helped you in your uh, martial arts? Well, first of all. uh, I believe in. How do I say it? I believe in the principle of. Conflict, so to speak. And I believe in conflict and I believe in confrontation. And a lot of times that's, I'm real careful to say that that's what life is about. But a lot of times we go through these things in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, martial arts is about having the skill set to overcome conflict and confrontation and resistance, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so our faith in our Christian faith, uh, it's the same thing. It's just that we believe that, you know, Jesus Christ is there to help us through these things. Right. But also, it's important to have faith 
to know that you can overcome these things. Right. That's the most important. The main, the main, my main principle in my ministry is to minister hope and encouragement. And I want people to know that there is no situation that is hopeless. Mm-hmm. As I feel like most that people, uh, a lot of times they get in a situation of disparity mm-hmm. and they feel hopeless in their lives. They get mm-hmm. discouraged and they get um, uh, depressed mm-hmm. because they feel hopeless. Like, they have to accept the life that they're living. They have to accept um, their situation as the only reality that they can have. Mm-hmm. And in that ministry, I'm always preaching that that is not true. Mm-hmm. That in fact, Jesus Christ came and shed his blood on Calvary for hope that, you know, a person, any person can see a better day Mm -hmm. and that any person can face a different tomorrow Mm -hmm. than what they're facing today. And that's the same thing that we teach in martial arts. You don't have to continue to live the same reality that's breaking you down day in and day out. And a lot of people are living situations that's breaking them down every day, man. And they don't know how to get up. But first of all, there has you have to have faith that you can get up. Mm-hmm. That's where it comes in. Like you got to believe. Mm-hmm. And then you got to allow somebody to lead you down a path that will get you to a different tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times you gotta, you gotta take the steps. And that's what martial arts training is all about. And it's the same in Christianity. Like, you know, you have to let God lead you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as coaches and as teachers, That's what we're here for. We have taken the path to be where we're at today. So we take that leadership and that experience and we lead others if they will let us, Mm -hmm. if they will choose to believe and have faith that they can be better. Mm -hmm. And they can be more than what they are today. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I minister that no matter where I go. Mm -hmm. And that's the connection, man. We, that's the connection. We are using what we are, who we are, what God, uh, what God has made us to create a better tomorrow by making, by making people better than what they are today. Good. Yes, absolutely. So let me ask you this. Do you think that um, 
you think in the Western society, um, more ministry uh, should train martial arts to have a better grasp of what you said, like uh, the conflict, you know, it's, it's always been, life is all about conflict. It's all about challenges and, and conflict can be good and bad depending on how you view it. Right. Like, right. Like conflict, it's that challenge. You got to rise up to it every single day. Or it's like, I just give in, <laughs> I give in today, but tomorrow's another day. Right. You know, like, and it's fine. And you know, like, <clears throat> so like I said, do you think, you think more ministry should train martial arts so they can have that physical struggle to be able to have a better grasp of their uh, of their ministry? Well, that's, I mean, that's a tough question to answer for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I know you're just asking me, but I... Uh, it's hard for me to answer that without a bias because, you know, I'm a pastor. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) uh, And I do believe in, I do believe in um, spiritual enrichment Mm -hmm. as well as physical. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily take a minister to teach someone physical attributes, you know, but you're talking about also teaching somebody about spiritual things mm-hmm. and teaching somebody about faith. I guess you got to ask yourself, like, where does where does faith kick in? Mm-hmm. You know, like for me, not all of my, not all of my confidence is in my physical. Right. Uh, I believe because I, because I believe in, spiritual things as well, there's also a confidence in spiritual things. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's like, you know, where it meets. And then also too, like, like you said, you know, there's Eastern philosophy and Western philosophy and spiritual things. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Growth, personal growth, man, is like a formula. There, there's like a formula for personal for personal growth, where resistance, resistance, or challenge will meet physical limitations, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But then, but then at the end of physical limitation, where there's physical limitations, it's usually a system of belief or faith in what can be Mm -hmm. that pushes us forward. Mm 
And then that's where we grow. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It and I had to really try to like break that down in my mind. Yeah, no, it makes sense. All right. So um, what's been your biggest challenge in, in, in your martial arts journey? Um, whether it's been physical or, or mental or, or spiritual, what, what has been your biggest challenge? Man, I can answer that hands down, my brother. Relationship. <laughs> okay. Would you care to elaborate more or would you like to leave it at that? I can elaborate. Like, you know, we talked about keeping your circle a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times being successful in martial arts and being successful as a competitor or a fighter it takes so much focus mm-hmm. and it takes so much discipline uh in your life it separates you from so many people because you're just by nature it's not normal right It's not normal. And because it's not normal, it's hard to have fellowship with just anybody because they don't understand. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're already talking about living a type of lifestyle that's separated. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to have, it's hard to have, you can't hardly have fellowship and separation at the same time. And in order to have a relationship, there has to be fellowship. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, I've lost a lot of relationships, my brother. I've lost romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. I've lost friendships. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've lost partnerships mm-hmm. uh, because because of what I've tried to do mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it has separated me from people and, and then, and then in a lot of situations that has like caused a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. I agree. That, that's very, very true. I agree. Um, like I said, I'm, I would agree that I've been in, I'm in the same boat lost a lot of relationships throughout my journey uh, for one reason or another, based on the journey that I'm in. Right. You know, and, uh, and again, uh, like you said, this is, uh, 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 it's not for everybody. It's not. And, and even once you're in it, your circle, it's not for everybody. Right. Yeah. It's not, uh, I'll say it again. It's not normal, mm-hmm. you know, to take. And and this is like, you know, it's compound here. That's why I say it's like, it's more than just what happens in a competition, but you know, it's hard to take your whole life 
and put it all on the line for a 50-50 chance anyways. Yeah. And you're trying to you're trying to take the training and the opportunity to take a situation uh and increase the odds where it'll be more than 50-50 but like I said the nature is uh somebody wins somebody loses mm-hmm. and then you sacrifice everything man you sacrifice mm-hmm. your time you sacrifice uh just what normal people call common goodness mm-hmm. to embrace the uncomfortable you know which c- can make a situation that's uncomfortable for everybody mm-hmm. just for a chance that may or may not turn out mm-hmm. that's hard for people to understand and it is and but like you said it goes back to uh uh, people get comfortable, you know, they don't want to get that challenge anymore. They, then they start to experience like, you know, I quit, you know, they don't, they lose that hope in a sense. Right. They lose that hope in themselves that they can persevere, you know, to the next level of uh, self-understanding, you know? Yes. And, and, but then again, too, you know, it's like, what is normal? <laughs> you know, what I consider things to, for me to be normal I other people consider them not to be normal and vice versa. And again, like you said, it kind of goes back to your to your circle, right? And sometimes right. your circle doesn't have to be, you know, like physically always with you. It's just having people that you can speak to, having people that you can talk to and relate to. You know, they don't that have is- to be, they don't have to be directly in front of you, you know, in the same room. Right. Yeah, that's that's true. There was something. That you said in there. Oh, I was just going to say, don't let other people define your normal. Yep. Make sure you're the one that's defining your normal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so not that you've had a lot of experience, you know, with uh, competing, fighting, training, coaching. What's uh, what's some advice that you can give to the young fighter, the young competitor, um, you know, the, uh, a young coach starting to begin in that journey? Well, it just all depends on everybody's individual goals, you know, like what a person's trying to accomplish. But I guess if I had to give advice across the board or, you know, if I could just, if I'm just going to leave a statement, I would say this. Recognize, recognize from step one to throughout your whole journey that you are a special breed of person and that, uh, you know, you're already winning. You're already winning, man, because you're doing something that a lot of people cannot do. They will, you're already doing something that a lot of people will not challenge themselves to even try to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And so take pride in that. 
and enjoy it. Enjoy everything. Enjoy every moment. Man, enjoy the sweat, the blood, the tears, and there will be sweat, blood, and tears. <laughs> you know, enjoy the pain, and there will be pain. Um, but just enjoy it. Have fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, know that in the end, you're going to be better no matter what, no matter what. And then, and just stick to it. Don't let anybody or anything take you away from what you're doing. Uh, you know, kingdoms aren't built overnight, man. That's very you know, true. Rome isn't one in one day. So it's, it's going to take some time. But it's all worth it in the end. Mm-hmm. Just got to stick to it. That's very true. Very true. Well, my my friend, uh, my time has been up. It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you. Thank but, you for having me today. Yeah, it's and, been great. Yes, and I and I and I look forward to uh, to many more. All right. In, in the future. That sounds good. <laughs> so uh, with that being said, I once again, thank you, Quincy Morris, for joining us today in In the Fray. And we will see you guys on the next one.